I'm sure that most of you know the old story about the astronaut who went far out into space and was asked on his return whether he had been to heaven and seen God. And he said yes. He said yes. He said yes. Greetings, ladies, gentlemen, non-binaries, and sentient artificial intelligence. Join us on this journey to find the others. Because no matter where we find ourselves in this multiverse, the act of existing is all too familiar. Guys? has a tremendous problem solving ability. Herbs are blood. I mean, As we look across this great expanse and stare at the stars, we can't help but be reminded these lights, though we're seeing them all at the same time, happened across a multi-billion year delta. Some of those fires burned millions of years ago. Some billions, but all of them happened so we could experience them in this one singular moment. They called us scouts. They called us seekers. They called us Hoosier. But we were destined to question every, every, GNU 9:20 a.m. You can stream us live on WGNU 9:20 a.m.com, Facebook Live, YouTube, Mycelial Media. You can check out pot, past podcasts on all major podcasting platforms, except for Spotify, because I ain't doing Spotify. Forget you, Spotify. Forget you. Uh, we love you guys. Happy Friday. What a happy great day. Friday. Seth's it's here. no integrity. Seth, how are you, sir? Um, I'm in the building. Seth is in the building. I don't say it with as much uh, soul as integrity. You got all the soul, Seth. I see your soul. Are you getting yeah, little skippies, too? A little bit, a little okay. bit. So, Steve. Yeah? It's spring's in full force. Mm, I love it. I'm wearing my Easter song. colors. I love spring. I do. We, I actually uh, love spring. That's gay. <laughs> We're gay. We, yeah, yes. saying Seth. Yeah, Seth's on I, the, Seth's I on am. The I'm gay as heck. He's so pleased with himself. I'm gay as heck. Because I love spring, okay? And gay means happy and full of joy. True. And I'm gay as the day is long, and the days are getting longer. Uh, Seth, can you go ahead and clip that off? Uh, thank you. So we've got uh, – I got a little story. We got a really, I love we got when a, you tell me we got, a, we got a pretty cool little show. Tim Bono, Ph.D., professor from Washington University. Love that guy, dude. He's so good. Uh, he spoke at Shane Moss's uh, comedy show the other night that we were, we were lucky enough to go to on Wednesday night. Funny and smart. The comedians killed it. Shane and Dave. Dave Waite had me belly laughing. My gut was hurting. Great delivery. <laughs> awesome guy. Stuff but it was time. a really neat little uh, dynamic they had going on there because it was comedy, and then it was science, and then it was comedy, and then it was science, and then it was a free-for-all uh, question, question and answer so cool. with, with the whole panel. And... Uh, uh, so I'm excited to have Tim Bono. He's going to call in at 6:35. We got our friends Heather Hausman and Nathan Forbush. They're coming in here. They're going to talk to us about water. There's a big thing. Heather going on and down. Nathan Forbush. Heather Hausman and talk- Nathan Forbush. They're talk about water. Yeah, water's trying to what? kill us. Get ready. 
Water's trying to kill you. I don't know. Do you want to drink it? Maybe not. But something that... Have you ever watched Dateline? Everything's killing you. Calcify your pineal gland. Actually, the thing that's killing you is being alive. Ooh. We're all terminal. Calcify your pineal gland. We play a little game called Things I Love around here. We did. And uh, it's been a while. It's been a while since we've done our... Oh, we're just showing off for Tim. No, no. we are. We're showing off for Tim. He inspired me to do this again. Guys, there was a whole reason why we did it, and it was because it was a weekly practice of gratitude for us and our fans. And we did. We got away from it. You heard my message to Seth. I'm upset with myself. That's probably why. Because you have not been playing things I love. I think we maybe have some sound from... Did you hear it, actually? I have have not yet. We We have some sound from Craig, Seth. I'm, I'm still from f***ing South City. I'm still going to break your f***ing mouth uh, if you come to me with that bull. So there's that. No condescension there. Um, you're not an equal in my group. I'd, I'd like to. You are when it comes to civil conversation. You don't just get to dump your f***ing garbage in my living room. So uh, take your shit and get the f*** on. No one gives a f*** about you. Now, on to Hoosier Tattoo Day. <laughs> yes. Some sound. We did have some sound from he Craig. Said what he felt needed to be said. I've clearly gotten away. One of the most, of the most libertarian uh, speeches I've heard. I've clearly gotten away from my uh, from my happiness. My my, grat- my, grat- Craig. my gratitude. My gratitude uh, game is 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 not doing well right now. Uh, so we're bring, we we're bringing things I love back. We're doing Do it. it. We're doing it. And this story is going to tie in to the thing that I love later when we talk to Tim. <laughs> Yeah. I was playing football. It was probably year 2000, probably. I think I was maybe a sophomore. In the year 2000. Or maybe 99. I think it was 2000. Okay. So, uh, two a days. 2000. It's a really brutal, hot summer I get day. I reference, Steve, just so you know. As all, as all two a days practice are, they're all hell. It's 104 degrees. You're wearing pads. You're doing nothing but running all I did. day. I didn't play football. It was. Ru- you probably did soccer, soccer two a days. Two a days That's a lot of running in the heat. Listen, so I'm I'm beat. This is after my uh, my second practice. So it's the evening practice. My dad comes to pick me up, and I get in his van, and I'm you know out of the shower. I'm just dragging, Damn. climb up in there. I can't wait to get home, eat as much food as I can, and go to bed. What so time I can is it? Get up. It's, at this point, it's, you know, whatever, 637, okay. you know, uh, second practice got over. I'm tired. I got to be up at 6 in the morning do it again tomorrow. Dad Let's do this. Dad's, I get in the car, and usually, you know, Dad and I will have some sports talk on the radio. We'll just have a little chat on the way home, whatever. And today, he was not feeling he, – he just didn't didn't have that positive pop energy. Okay. You know what I mean? You could tell something was up with him. I could tell something was kind of kind of up. And you're just coming off a two a day, man. You don't need that. I don't need it, dad. So I get in and he goes, "Craig, what's up with the skin flick?" And I go, "The skin flick?" He's like, "Yeah. The porno. The movie." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I'm not sure I understand. I'm not like, I'm kind of, How old are you? Oh, I'm 16. 16. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of feigning ignorance, but at the same time, like, we're not having that. I am, I am exhausted. Okay, I don't because have of that porno. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I'm not sleeping at night, and I'm doing two of those. Jeez, that's right. Bone jams 2000. Um, so we're sitting there, and. Uh, I'm like, Dad, I don't want to. He goes, the one that you had in your VCR in your room. And I go, with all due respect, why are you going through the VCR in my room? A. And B, I'm 16 years old. I think this is a normal thing. He goes, oh, no, no, son, you, you misunderstand me. I don't have a problem with you having a porno. Where I have a problem is when your nine-year-old sister has her friends over to play. And like my heart sinks through my gut, and I'm like, "Oh no, what ha-? you know?" Like I just, what's you're the worst a sex thing offender, bro? I, I might be. <laughs> you're a, you're on the I list. I didn't have it under lock and key. Let me get my phone. Get I didn't my have phone it under out. lock and key. Okay. Yep. Hold on. It's beep. beep so that's beep, not beep, the beep, end beep, of the story. Beep, beep, and I'm like, okay, okay. So like, they, they, what were they doing in my room, Dad? Like I'm on the defensive now. I'm like, yeah. Why are people in? Can you help me out? This with never this? needed to yeah, happen. This, 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 this is on never. You. Yeah. You're not watching a group of nine year olds. They're just rogue. They're just running around rogue. Yeah. Don't, you don't let them in my room. What are That's you a doing? Terrible, I'm terrible 16. parenting. You were 16 once. Grow up. 
Bad parenting. Come on. This is on you. <laughs> yeah. So this story really can't get worse, right? Well, it does. Um, the reason my dad found out is because it was the neighbor who called him about the movie. Hey. So I'm thinking, oh, man, like they so press the kid- play in my room. These three little girls press play in my room. Probably oh, saw something, yeah. you know, queued up. Obviously, this is VHS. We got a pause button. Like, you keep it just kind of stopped where it's at. Like, we're not re- be kind, rewind. We're not doing that. We got we got little bookmarks. It's just your movie for your little Joe sesh. For your little, uh, <laughs> your little slap in the goat. <laughs> so... Yeah, this is a this is a. Well, I'm trying to be really vulnerable with you here, Steve. So. Oh, I know, and it's hilarious. And it's so, hilarious. What happened was is they didn't watch it in my room. No, no, that's not what happened. That would have been you know almost defensible. What they did was, you see, we had a huge collection of VHS. Like I would put it up against some of the great collectors in the world. Like we were, my mom. There was like seven, eight, ten. Oh, new, you were new that. VHS. We had every. Movie. You had the case of the VHS. Yeah. I had them all. Marley! I had them all. Squeeze! I had them all. So <laughs> we're sitting there. Uh, and so so, so they basically say, we're going to go grab a movie from the rack. Okay. I got, a, I got a hole on my wall, too. Like, downstairs we got it, and I've got a bunch up in my Look room. Look at on you the guys. Yeah, a lot of VHS. We were... We were <laughs> and you had the thick section for, like, the Disney ones we where you had to put all the middle class ones. Like solid middle class. Had all the Disney and yeah, all the ones. plastic ones. Yeah, Absolutely. Thank but you. still alphabetical. You know, I mean, like, we're not... We're not caving. And the old one-hander commander over here. <laughs> so uh, what happened was is, uh, they decided to grab a movie. And rather than grabbing one off the shelf, they pressed eject. What, was the, what was the movie's name? Pumping Doobies? No, no it was a, a mixtape. It was a mixtape. Yeah, it was a mixtape. Like, it was a, it was a highlight reel. Pumping Doobies. That looks good. <laughs> so that's what's going on here. The neighbor calls, and what happened was is they took this movie yeah. back to their house next door, and they put it on the main living room TV. Oh, no. oh, wow. They've got a giant big screen TV. Seth's losing it. They've got a giant big screen TV, and their dad, their dad, their dad walks into three horrified little girls in the middle of just. This was not like a, something I taped off a of Cinemax. This is this was yeah. this was hardcore. This was hardcore. Um, I've always had a pension. What can I say? Uh, yeah, you've always been that guy. Oh my God. Okay. Thank I'm you. Crying. Thank I'm you. sorry. Yeah. So so I'm like, oh my God. You know. So to this day, uh, that neighbor. Okay. So so this is going. This happens at your neighbor. While I'm at practice, this hap- They grab the tape from my bedroom, from the VCR, bring it over there, pop it in to the main VCR. And their in the dad living room. sees it. So the dad's like, oh, I know. Dad and. Three nine-year-old girls. I bet the dad had a moment of panic where he's like, "Where'd they get this tape, my stash?" Like he's like, "Wait, I haven't seen this one before." What's oh funny about God. this is that my my oh my God, I sorry. I told my sister or I was retelling this story, and my sister like had repressed this memory so much she was like, "I I remember like." <laughs> I remember the neighbor did not like you, and it, I couldn't yeah. remember what it was that happened. Something, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it was pretty much the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened in my entire life." Like I was the embodiment of like Jason Biggs and American Pie. It was that level of embarrassment, like crippling embarrassment. And I still got to like I got you know I got to get up at six in the morning. I got to go play football. I can't wait to get to football practice to get as far away from my neighbor's house as possible. To this day, I mean, this happened. Almost 20 years ago, to this day, like, we've talked on, uh, you know, in 20 years, probably I could count the number of times we talked on one hand. <laughs> Maybe two. Whenever What's my this brother neighbor was like? In. Oh, he's a principal now at the high school <laughs> that I was playing football at. <laughs> that's pretty good. It was. And uh, his daughter's in porn. He was. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, to this day, I, 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 when I'm visiting my mom or whatever in Springfield, I can't look this guy like I, I can look him in the eye, but he just like is looking over 
Mm. He's just like uh, mm, looking at my forehead. Pumping doolies of Molly Ringwald's in that. Let's no, take I never that gave over. that back to your old man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get your taste, kid. Exactly. They're like, you little lolly fapper, it you. It was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life, and it will tie into my to my thing I love. My God. Um, I could probably it. just give you it, it right now, and we can play yeah, things I it, love throughout it. the whole show. Do it. Do it. So a thing it's I love honest. is I love when – I get embarrassed like that if I come across a, a wholly embarrassing moment. One of the things that helps me like cope through that anxiety is that I continually remind myself how funny this is going to be in the scope of time and perspective. And, and so now I get to tell this story, and believe me, still one of the most embarrassing moments of my life, but it is absolutely hilarious. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. It's hilarious to me. If it offended anybody, eh, you know, get tough. Um, Condescending Craig. Why don't there you tell is. me a story? All right. Well, I am snotting and crying after that one. Like, that was a truly great story. Seeing how far, how far, how hard Seth was laughing was just, that was really funny. Craig, that was. I didn't know if I ever told you the story. I even felt like we, I, I think told it on you, air. You've told it to me before, I think, but I didn't. That was one of those ones that you yep. know you kind of just put out your memory because you don't pay attention to what your friends say. Absolutely. Um, do we have any comments on the text line? Remember, you can follow us at, on YouTube at Mycelial Media uh, or the Facebook page um, WGNU nine twenty AM. Radio com at the end of the radio's dead. Um, here's <laughs> so this ties into a little bit of the Shane Moss. This is kind of the uh, the joke he had. I'm not going to do things I love, Seth. So let's go ahead and drop that. I'm going to tell a story, and then I don't have anything I love right now until it. after the story. I could tell you had your hand on your head, just laying down like you're regretting life back there. Um, Lance Lanau, we might have some sound from him later. It's a little shout out. He said he liked the new hat. I got a cork hat on right now. I'm losing the feed. Is that just me? It's just you. Okay, cool. Um, so Shane had a joke about how uh, the <clears throat> uh, when you go to a kager and if uh, if you're on psychedelics, you take mushrooms at a kager. We've talked about it before. Sure. Some people have taken psychedelics and they took them in just the worst set and setting, and they're like, "This is awful." Like it's like I went to a kager. On a head full. And man, was it awful. And it's like, yeah, keggers are awful. And the mushrooms really let you know that those, <laughs> they're not that fun. You know what I mean? So it's kind of this, you know, this running joke. Um, well, in, this is probably my freshman, uh, sophomore year of college. So I had taken a few hallucinogens at this time. I'm pretty well versed in what's going on. Uh, I had taken LSD a handful of times and, and, uh, mushrooms a handful of times. So, uh, and this is right when me and my wife are first kind of uh, chatting as well. So it's kind of like, um, you know, it's, a, it's an important time in my life. You know what I mean? Um, shout out to Jen. So everyone remembers Gito's, right? We remember Gito's. This place is a 3 a.m. bar in St. Louis. We had these certain 3 a.m. bars that were just off the chassis late at night. You know, it was packed, you know, nuts to elbows inside of that place. Can I say that? Yeah, I Can I say so. that? I think so, yeah. Um, so Almost, no, yeah. So everyone's getting crazy. Usually in those places, it's nuts. So uh, Saturday, Friday or Saturday night, you show up at Gito's. Everyone, if you're in there at like 1, it's fairly empty. But at one forty-five, when all the one thirty bars have closed in St. Louis, if you're listening abroad, uh, the, some of the bars will close at one thirty, and then we have certain bars that stay open until 3. And that's like Cusimano's. Remember Cusimano's on Manchester? <laughs> some of these places would just explode late at night with the drunkest of drunkest people wanting to extend the party as long as they yep. can. The yeah. worst. Yeah, the only people that I've are trying there. to get to a 3 a.m. bar are people that are already too drunk to make a good choice and go home. Yeah, nothing good happens after Don't get in the cab at 2 a.m. Don't do that. So uh, so I'm taking I'm taking some, some psychedelics with my buddy, Rich, who kind of reminds me of you, except he used all of his powers for evil. Instead, like, and I went with them for a while. You know, you can use this charm sure. and charisma, and you can kind of yeah, instead of you. helping the community, which I've tried to do now. Because if you've known Steve from Ot Two to Ot Nine, if you know me from that area, oh, you're God. like you are a human piece of garbage, sir, a giant. Turd. So I don't, you know, and I, those people have every right in the world to think that I am. I'm human waste. Okay. <laughs> what Especially, darling. Should I hate him? <laughs> yes. The answer is very adamantly yes. You should. Um, but then, you know, my I had my I had Oliver, I had my son at uh, in 09, at nine. So you know, after that, 
Um, so anyway, so this is before, this is when I was probably, probably in my pretty uh, crap phase of, of being a human. And so we eat some, some psychedelics. We're having a good time at the house, uh, you know, listening to some music. That's always my jam. You know, we're in an apartment complex, and apartments are always kind of weird. I don't even like that kind of set and setting. Wait, rather music be in is your jam? Uh, thank you. It's all jammed up out there. Yeah, let's check with weather. And traffic, it's jammed up out there. <laughs> um, so we, uh, we, you know, we're having a good old time there. We get a call from Jenny and her crew, bunch of her friends, bunch of gals, baby. They're, this is when Jenny and I are like kind of dating, kind of seeing each other a little yeah. bit. Um, not even really dating yet. Nowhere near dating, but seeing each other. And so I'm on a head full, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, baby. And so he's like, yeah, my buddy Rich is like, and he's that guy. He's like, yeah, let's go to Gito's. Let's show people that we can do hallucinogens and get after it and, like, party as hard as anyone can party. Hunter S. Thompson, baby. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. We should do Let's do that. That sounds okay? awful, man. Try to talk him out of it for a little while. I'm like, no. You always do. There's always got to be the one guy. I'm like, man, you know, it's one one thirty. Like, you know, that place is going to be popping here soon. We lived. Uh, he lived off of uh, off of South uh, Lindbergh, so it wasn't too far away. But I didn't want to be driving. Not a good choice. I won't drive. I'll never drive. But I'm yeah. like, yeah, here is my life in your hands. Yeah, drive me, buddy. As long as I'm not behind the wheel. I was that guy all the time. Like, oh, I'm hammered. You're hammered. Here's the keys, bud. Good luck. Godspeed. I'm a layback over here. Like, good luck. Um, so he drives us there. I remember being like floating. I never recommend set and setting, guys. Set and setting. Um, this was not it. So we're like cruising down there, you know, River to Pear and like. You know, felt like we were floating almost on a river to the roads. So we get to the parking lot. There's that side parking lot on the side of the building. It's an old brick building that kind of sits by itself. Well, it has two big, like, bay windows kind of in yep. the front because there's a restaurant slash bar. But after 1.30, it just became a, a f- madhouse. So I remember vividly walking up and i'm like get yourself ready for this man this is you know the whole time i'm driving there i'm like this is not gonna be good this is not i'm already in my head i'm already in my head so i go to the windows i look at the windows and it just looks like people are as drunk as they've ever been like slamming themselves up against the window that's what i'm seeing i'm like oh it's chaos in there and they had to keep cops like at every entrance you know just to make sure the s didn't go down there because you know it's a bunch of drunk idiots they used to have them at all the all the entrances and exits so we get to the entrance i wanted no part of anything to do with this three cops sitting there one sitting on a chair two are like standing up behind him you know these are the second shift cops um so you know they 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 knew what they were getting into oh they're they're good usually second shift cops are great they know what they're in yeah dude exactly city i think is that city no it's not city limits is it I don't know, whatever. So no. they, they were usually just real cool, like whatever. Hey, uh, you know, have fun for a little while. Don't drive drunk, please. Um, so I go out there and I'm like, hey man, hand him my ID and mind you, everything is just cooking, baby. Yeah, it's you got cooking. tracers on everything. Yeah, and I'm like, get your ID out. You've done this a thousand times. Boom, cops like, all right, man, go in. We're 21. So I'm like, okay, we get in. I get in and I start walking in, you know, and I'm getting like away and I see the bar. You walk in and it's that bar area at first. Yep. And then the dance floor is through like a hallway, like the freaking uh, the Gaza Strip of hallways. And you got to go past that <laughs> into like, you know, the main room where there's karaoke and dancing and lights and, and debauchery. <clears throat> Rich is behind me, and he's Mr. Confident the whole time. Mr. Like, let's go get loose, baby. And I can see in his eyes because you're tripping like, you're trying to sell me on this. You don't believe it. Yeah, he's it. selling himself. Yeah. Exactly. So he gets in the cops like, hey, bud, uh, we're neighbors. Sees his ID. What's, uh, how about that? That will throw a, uh, an experience he, into a tailspin. And if you're watching the live feed, he grabs his, his ID and looks at the cop, and he's just like, stone fear just a stone fear face like and the guy's like his pupils are dinner plates we're we're neighbors you uh, how long you lived on sycamore lane or whatever and he's like i uh uh," and i'm like oh dude so uh, my back is to him right and i'm like 
no, this is where you run. This is where you run into the abyss of people, and you're like, good luck, fella. I never wanted to go to the insane asylum, and you're headed tonight. <laughs> like, I'm inside. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, now don't leave a man behind. So I grab, uh, I grab him, kind of like go to the cop, and I'm like, oh, this dude's hammered. I'm sorry. And so the cop goes, he was kind of like, you know, at this point, the cop's like, you okay, bud? And my buddy's still just like, like, in between grabbing the ID back, just not coherent. So he hands him the ID back and he's like, get him in there or whatever, you know, get him in with the rest of those drunk people pretty much. And I'm like, okay. So I, it hits me like a light bulb. I go, dude, you're drunk, man. You're drunk. So in that, in that period, I was, everything washed over me. I was like. And you're you're just an acid drunk. Like <laughs> I'm bouncing into people acid, like yeah. sorry fella, I'm wasted. And he's like, Me too. And, I, and I'm like, this is actually not the worst vibe in the world. You know what I mean? No one was I wasn't getting that I'm gonna fight you drunk style. Finally fight our way back to Jen. Jen and her group of friends. Mind you, they're in the middle. They're in like the the, the Kansas of this party. You know what I mean? They're in the center, so we have to get through everybody. We finally get to them. Jen has a, a cousin who's just the alpha male of alpha males. I love him to death. Love his family to death. But by God, if it wasn't like, hey, you know, puff out your chest. They were doing the, the Russian dance when I showed up. Mind you, this place is, is packed. They have spread an area out to do the cross arms, kick, kick with your feet, kick. him and his buddy. And they're just jacked and juiced. And I can just smell the musky testosterone <laughs> coming off of them. And I'm like, these guys are with Jen? I'm like, of course. Out of all these dudes here, like, yeah, I'm drunk too. I look at them and they're like, what's up, bro? What's up? You with my cousin, bro? Why you got to disrespect, bro? Exactly. And I'm like, yeah, man, just uh, just courting this uh, fine lady. You know what I mean? I'm like, what do I say to this guy? He's six inches taller than me and juiced, okay? And his buddy. So they're like, uh, you know, got me in a, in a uh, you know, the, the Saturday Night Live situation yeah, with the, the, the Rockberry situation. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is happening here? So I'm like, yeah, man, I'm just wasted hanging out in Jen. And I'm mercy in Jen. And I was like, oh, she looks so pretty. Like, and that was one thing that I was like, oh, because when, when I'm sometimes altered, I'll see some chicks who I thought were super hot. No, but I see a, their personality a, yeah, and I'm like, huge. ooh, no, she's not that pretty. And then people have really good. I'm like, oh, you got a good heart. Like, I can see it. I yeah. can kind of see it. Like, sure. At least in my own head. No, that's, that that's a thing. Yeah, for sure. So I'm like, oh, she looks so pretty. And we're kind of hanging out. And at this point, I'm like, oh, man, where's my buddy Rich? Like, I wasn't even really thinking about it. All this is happening. I can't believe they did a Russian like doll dance or whatever that stupid thing is in Gitos to clear it, to let everyone know, hey, guy, I'm here. We got the floor. And these chicks in this circle, they're ours, guys. And so me coming in and being like, can I take one of the Phillies out of the paddock? They're like, hell no. Represent yourself or whatever was happening, bro. <laughs> and so I did. I look over and in the middle of the dance floor, my buddy Rich. Staring at the lights, sweating like I've never seen a human being sweat before in my life, okay? And people are jumping all around him to, like, the Vanga boys at this point. He's not moving at all. Just staring at one of those little balls that has the little colors of light coming out of him. So, just dripping everywhere. And I go up to him, and I'm like, I'm drunk Steve at this time. I'm like, I'm having a good old time. Get up to him, and I'm like, how, how you doing? He's like, good. I'm like, you look like you're not having a good time at all, dude. Like, just, just throwing that out there. So he's like, you want to get out of here? And we finally, we took Jen back to her house because I wanted to drive with her. I wanted to put her life in Rich's hands as well. Just as many people I can put in danger in a night is what I'm trying to do. Um, so we went back to the house and like listened to some music. And but I always remember I was like, oh, Jenny, like that's awesome. That, that's a great story. And man. even back, I get back and she was drinking and she's like, oh, I thought you were drunk. I'm like, no, I'm totally on acid. She's like, sweet. And I was like, oh. That's cool. Like some chicks, you might be back in there. Like you're on acid, hippie, and you drove, and uh, which they would be valid in that part. But like they're, you know, just be like, you took those. I am consuming alcohol. How dare you do hallucinogens around me? And, I, and she's like, you're on acid, sweet. Want to make out? And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see how, let's see how it works. Uh, let me see that, guys. This first hour has been brought to you by MoMed Canco. Check out MoMedCanco.com, Missouri Medical Cannabis Company. If you enter HOSO at checkout, you're going to get 15% off site-wide. Steve's going to oil me up. 
mm. with the brand new Your hairy? Momed Canco so Massage hairy. Oil. Yeah, this is kind of strange. Uh, um, so, hairy. yeah, if you go to MomedCanco.com, enter Hoso at checkout. Guys, high quality hemp oil. High quality. Ooh, it's got a nice little scent. Yeah, it's uh Smells like peppered feet. <laughs> Check out momedcanco.com. This is Hoosier Sophisticate on WGNU 920 AM. Stick around to the other side of the break. WGNU is streaming live on WGNU920AM.com. Click on Listen Live to satisfy your audible needs or watch live to see all those faces for radio in action. You can also listen to past shows, featured interviews, and download the free WGNU phone app. You can take us everywhere you go. WGNU920AM.com. Point, click, and listen live. Just go Google it. I wanna let those shingles down, girl, for you. I wanna let those shingles down, boy, for you. I'm gonna do some siding, get you excited. James Hardy siding. Google it. No, I make your neighbors cry, cry. Boo, boo. Cause we tell all the leaks go by. And you know we all do the side. Guys, Lifetime Roofing. They're the best roofers in the game. Best customer service. LifetimeSTL.com. Google them. Listen, insurance is not something you want to gamble on. Man, what my associate's trying to say is that uh, James Carlton State Farm is really cool. You're not even going to believe it. Like, uh, let's say you're driving along on the road with your family, and you're driving along, la la, patch of ice, uh, can't quite stop, boom, you bump into the guy next to you. James Carlton's got somebody out there ready to take care of you 24-7. You call him at 314-961-4800. Now, here's what happens with the other guy's insurance. You're driving along, kids are in the backseat, Daddy, I gotta go to the bathroom. Not now, damn it. Ice, uh, you can't stop. Uh, here comes the adjuster. Adjuster gets out. He says, oh, my God. New guy's in the corner puking his guts out. All because you want to save a couple extra pennies. To me, it just doesn't make much sense. Guys, check out carltoninsurance.net, 314-961-4800. If your insurance is costing you a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. Say word, last February we held our first Hoosier Tattoo Day at Tower Classic Tattooing in the Grove, and I gotta tell you, a lot of really sweet art happened on that day. Everyone who showed up left very happy with their new tattoo. The artists did everything they could to ensure everything, from the drawing to the application itself, was perfected and exceeded the expectations of each individual client. We packed the house, and the artist remained cool as a cucumber the whole time. If you got the itch to get inked, visit Tower Classic Tattooing located at 4146 Manchester in the Grove. Check out their artist profiles at towerclassic.com. Hey there, Crager. Well, hey, Steve. How you doing, buddy? Man, I've been pretty good. That's good. Hey, you heard anything about them newfangled hemp oils they got now? I just don't know where to find a good one. Well, I find the best full-spectrum hemp oil from MoMedCanCo.com. Where? I get it from MoMedCanCo.com. Is it expensive? It don't cost two kittens' whiskers. And if you enter HOSO in the promo box, you're going to get yourself 15% off. Buddy, it sounds like we're squatting Tom Cotton. Darn right we are. Where can I find them? You can find them online, momedcanco.com, Missouri Medical Cannabis Company. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Dear Vet Ticks, it was nice to spend the night with my daughter and other veterans. It's so humbling to attend an event when you feel appreciated. 
I had a wonderful time with my family. Thank you for the memories, VetTix. Dear VetTix, thank you for a great experience and for your support of the military and veterans. Thank you so much, VetTix. Our family has gone through a lot the last few years, and this gave us a nice break. Every empty seat at a concert, game, or special event is a missed opportunity to say thank you to a veteran or a service member. By giving your extra tickets to VetTix, you'll help America's heroes reduce stress, strengthen family bonds, and create a truly happy memory that will last a lifetime. So when you really want to say thank you for your service, give the experience, give the memory. VetTix, give something to those who gave. For more information on how you can make a difference, go to VetTix.org. insurance quote anywhere. What people are really looking for is someone to help manage the risk of everyday life. And that's exactly what James Carlton State Farm does. He's also dangerously handsome. He has the dream James Carlton has the best customer service in the game. You'll never get a voicemail and you'll always get a great back rub. He has the softest hands. A strong sense of community is important to who he is as an agent. From local school sponsorships to sandbagging during floods, it's paramount to be a part of the community. We love the car of his jet. Guys, call 314-961-4800. Find him online at carltoninsurance.net. We Sophisticate with Craig Kohler and Stephen Elgin. is convicted LSD kingpin to best-selling author Seth Ferranti. I was in prison. I was really writing for my peers. You know, I wasn't writing for the street. I was with, like, Italian mafia dudes. I was with, like, Colombian cocaine cartel dudes. And, you know, all those dudes, there were books about that, guys. But yeah. a lot of the African-American gangsters, gangster rap was really big in this time, mid-90s. Oh, yeah. You just heard their names, and everybody was talking about them. And, you know, I'm on these compounds, and there's these myth and legends. So that's why I decided to write about them. Who's your sophisticate? Fridays from 6 to 8 p.m. on WGNU. Technology has evolved so quickly that the people running capitalism from the top no longer understand the tools that are necessary for it. They have to pay guys with ponytails and and piercings to turn on the machines every morning. And that must be very terrifying to them. Hoosier Sophisticate on WGNU with your hosts, Craig Kohler and Stephen Elgin. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Hoosier Sophisticate here on WGNU 920 AM. We appreciate you following along every Friday night, 6 to 8 p.m. Check out the podcast on all major podcasts and platforms. We got to see an awesome show. We talked about it a little bit uh, in the first segment. Uh, we went to see Shane Moss, friend of the show. He's got a great documentary out, Psychonautics. He has a really neat idea for a comedy show. I like that they all follow kind of different themes each go around. And this one is stand-up science. And it was comedian, WashU professor. Comedian, different WashU professor. I had never heard of WashU before. This. Never. In I my thought life. it was in Washington State, State. or D.C. Yes. Where? It's so strange. Uh, Professor Tim Bono from WashU was the final speaker, and he was absolutely terrific. Awesome. And so good. On short notice, I said, hey, you know, we talked to him a little bit after the show. Hey, we can have you on this week. What he talk, called me today. He's like, hey, can we still make it happen? I said, absolutely. Tim Bono's on the phone. Tim, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Oh, so awesome. So good to hear you. I feel like we... Uh, <laughs> I feel like we're friends now because <laughs> we've seen you once, and now we're talking on the phone. I don't know. It's just me. Absolutely. Well, you know, next we'll go out for drinks. We'll extend the happiness as much as we can. That's I what can we're talking about. I appreciate that. You know, I, I've actually started already since your talk, uh, you know, with the, having kids. Uh, talked about it a little bit after the show. We've done five things we're grateful for in the morning. And five things we're grateful for at night. And I think, you know, they're still little chumps sometimes. But, you know, I definitely think it's bringing an aspect of gratitude. So I want to uh, throw a shout-out to you for that. Thank you. Awesome. Good. I'm glad you were able to uh, start using that one. 
So, Tim, let's uh, let's give our, our fans a, a little bit of background on you, uh, what your field of study, um, what it is that you, you spent a lot of your time researching, and uh, let's go from there. Absolutely. So I am a psychologist by training, and most people assume that that means that I study psychopathology and depression and anxiety. But more recently, the field of psychology has really been getting attention to the other end of the continuum, looking at things like happiness and joy, and really trying to identify the particular behaviors and mindsets that seem to be most effective at increasing our day-to-day happiness and well-being. There's a lot of ideas that are floating out around there, but the but psychology has really been applying, applying the scientific method to trying to understand what behaviors and what methods seem to be most effective at increasing happiness. And the one you mentioned right there, you know, just thinking of five good things every day is a simple one, but it seems to go a long way toward our psychological health and happiness. Uh, yeah, no, I was, you, I had a profound experience listening to you talk, uh, especially with Shane. I mean, Dave is, how wonderful is Dave? How did you even get involved with something like that? You know, it was completely this thing. I was actually out of town last week. And so, you know, it's one of these things where you check your email and you have like 50 new messages and I'm scrolling through, you know, what are the throwaways? What are the interesting ones? And in in the mix, I see one from Shane and he says, so this was literally a week ago. He says, hey, I'm going to be in St. Louis. I do this stand-up comedy thing where I I get some professors to sort of be part of my comedy show. Um, you do research on happiness. Would you have any interest in doing this? And I thought, well, that's something I, I've never um, even heard of before. It sounds like a cool concept. So I don't exactly know how Shane got my name or how he came upon me, but he, I just kind of got an email out of the blue from him, and I thought, hey, that sounds like a lot of fun, and I'm glad I did it. I had a great time on Wednesday night. You you were terrific, and it, it really flowed well with the uh, with the comedy. You got some real genuine laughs out of I us. Know, uh, you I know. had a couple of callbacks to the to the comedians before you. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Uh, you uh, recently wrote a book, "When Likes Aren't Enough: Crash Course in the Science of Happiness." Uh, what's what's that all about? Yeah, I did. So um, so I've been teaching this class at WashU for about five or six years now, looking at the behaviors that seem to promote happiness. And one of the things that we know that's really been um, the, that has been a detractor from happiness has been the addiction that our, I think our society has to social media. Everybody has, has become preoccupied with their digital profile. And it's not to say that social media or technology are bad. They're actually really wonderful things. But the way that people are using them and how people are kind of using them as a vehicle for social comparison and they only feel like they're worthwhile if they post a picture and it gets a certain number of likes in a certain amount of time, that seems to be a real barrier to happiness. So the goal with the book was to say, okay, if, if our obsession with social media is not doing us any favor, what does science have to say about the behaviors that do seem to be most effective at increasing our happiness and bringing about a sense of the well-being that I think we all are interested in achieving in our day-to-day lives? So the book has 10 chapters, and each chapter provides an overview of research that I cover in my class. So it's things like gratitude, pro-social behavior, exercise, meditation, social connection, and other simple things we can be doing day-to-day. And it provides not only an overview of the behaviors, but it shows the science that gives evidence to support those as behaviors that are worthwhile. And then it also includes stories and quotes from about 80 of my students over the years who have put that research into practice in their own lives. And they talk about some of the challenges they had um, incorporating some behaviors, and and it provides examples of other behaviors that were easier. And it's just honest advice about what are the behaviors that can bring about happiness and some case studies for models you can follow of ways to actually um, do that to hopefully see those benefits that the science has suggested will be real increases in our our psychological health in the long run. Hmm, Just to remind all of our... uh listening audience we are being live streamed on facebook right now and we're only up to uh, four likes so yeah so we got to so increase that right? let's get that guys because i'm not feeling good um no but kind of to tie your your book a little bit and just the the, the happiness uh, psychology and, and the shane moss thing uh were, were you a fan of shane before you heard from him have you listened to his stuff beforehand so to be perfectly honest with you i had not heard of shane ahead of time although there's a possibility i may have seen him i do like that the, the late night tv shows and i know that both him and and dave who was the other sure. comedian he had, had been on conan o'brien and jimmy fallon and last man standing so i wasn't a fan before but i will say i'm a fan now i've looked up a lot of their videos on youtube those are some really funny guys oh. so it was really fun to share the stage with them on wednesday night 
Oh, we looked up their old podcast, and if anyone's looking for an old podcast, it's called Riffin', with, and it's just them being about as dumb as two humans can be. And really, that's my best version of radio. If I could just get on here and do stream of consciousness for 10 minutes talking about Riffin' with the squeege. So everyone check that out. Shout out to Dave Waite and um, Shane. But we, uh, you know, we got into Shane because we talk a lot about psychedelics on the show, and you know, obviously <laughs> we're, we listen to Joe Rogan and uh, Duncan Trussell, all those guys kind of coming, uh, Aubrey Marcus coming from the same school there. They're big heroes of mine, I know. Um, but I wondered, you know, even listening to you talk, uh, there's been, you know, we, we've been discussing MDMA uh, uh, therapies. And I was wondering, is MDMA, you know, we're all just chemicals and, and happiness. You hear it's, oh, it's just serotonin. And then you, you take MDMA, and then that's more serotonin, and that's why you can deal with it. Has any, have you or any, you know, uh, scientists looking into, uh, you know, any of this MDMA studies and how it affects happiness? Or is it like some sort of fake happiness or, or something along those lines? Yeah, it's a great question because it is something that the scientists have been looking at. Um, and there's actually a couple of studies that I address in the book specifically um, around, you know, is there a benefit for taking a particular psychiatric medication versus doing some other behavior that more naturally really releases that pattern of neurotransmitters and other chemicals in the brain? And what we have found is that, um, it, you know, our, our sense of happiness and well-being cannot be reduced simply to the firing of neurons that release those neurochemicals, but it has a lot to do also with the intentional behavior that that leads to the onset of um, the release of those particular neural um, firing patterns. And so, for example, exercise is a great way to release serotonin and dopamine in the brain, um, but you get benefits from that different from just taking a pill like Xanax or Zoloft or something, because in addition to the release of the neurotransmitters when you exercise or when you practice gratitude or do one of those other natural behaviors, you get what psychologists call a sense of self-efficacy, which is like a sense of confidence or the sense of accomplishment that comes from having to work hard at something. And we know that that is also a very important part of our psychological health, doing behaviors of our own volition. The problem with, um, you know, taking a psychiatric intervention like, like drug or medicine or something is that um, it's, it's from an external source. And so when you start to feel better, the attribution that you end up making is one of, well, I'm feeling better because of the drug, or I'm feeling better because of the prescription the psychiatrist um, prescribed for me, whereas when it's exercise or something like that, it's something that I did personally of my own volition, and so you get the additional psychological benefits knowing that you did it on your own. Yeah, no, it's fascinating, and it's like it seems so simple. It's like be grateful, and and but it's fascinating hearing hearing the science behind it because you know Craig and I are apart, and I feel like a dou- douchey guy even saying this, but it's like we're 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 on the board of a project for twenty two. It's a veterans. Uh, uh, Suicide Prevention Foundation, and we mm-hmm. discuss all the time, like, if people are, because uh, we talk about the pharmaceutical battles all the time, and if yeah. people are feeling like they're, they, want, they want to actually take their life and take it to that step, mm-hmm. you know, we're, neither of us are veterans, um, not that it only affects veterans, but, sure. you know, are, are there, is anything going into these studies with, like, a suicide and, and the, the, we always talk about how it would, what would make someone shift and say no i'm not going to do it is there a magic bullet not that there is mm-hmm. but you know the chemicals is it a chemical thing is it something that you can take a pill for and you know what i mean like what, what are your thoughts on that i guess yeah those are really complicated issues because um obviously with someone who's taken their life we we can't ask them so what was yeah. going on right right before that happened and and to be clear you know in no way is the field of positive psychology saying that we should do away with psychiatric medication because we do know that for a significant number of people, exercise by itself is not going to do it. The gratitude practice is not going to do it. Or there could be other chemical imbalances for which truly they need a drug like Zoloft or something else because the brain is incapable of releasing that pattern of, of, of neurotransmitters. But one of the things that we do know about suicide is that it's, it's actually so, – so many people assume that it's going to happen when someone is at the absolute depth of their despair, at the height of their depression. And what we have been learning – is that people are actually most likely to commit suicide when, they're, when they've just started to turn the corner and they're starting to feel a little bit better. Because one of the things we know about severe forms of depression is that there's no motivation to do anything, include acting on suicidal ideation. And so once they start to feel better, they start to regain their motivation. They're still pretty bad, and that's unfortunately when they're most likely to take their lives. 
So in terms of, of the behaviors then that are most important um, to treat somebody who has such severe depression that they're thinking about taking their own life, that is, I think, where it's appropriate to refer them to um, a psychiatrist or some other individual who specializes not in positive psychology, because that positive psychology is really about, you know, proactively building, kind of going from a neutral point into something more positive. But that is where it's very important to have the, the specialists who, who have identified the strategies um, to help people from, the, you know, the true depths of despair. And sometimes it is a psychiatric medication. If someone is feeling incredibly depressed, saying, tell me five good things, well, they might be in such a low place that those five good things are not going to come easily. Um, and so working with with a psychiatrist or other trained specialists, very likely is going to be the way to go. Do you see, is there a, um, like a contingent, is there a movement within kind of the business community, larger businesses to reach out to professors like pe- people in your field of study to uh, not only raise morale around a, a company, but also maybe increase productivity? Is that something that kind of crosses over into the positive psychology realm? Yeah, I, you know, I have noticed that, and, and colleagues of mine have, have discussed that, that we have noticed um, but it does seem that businesses are more interested in this because one of the findings from the behavioral sciences over the last few years is this idea that when people are happier to be at work, they work harder. Their ideas become more creative. They take fewer sick days. They're more likely to collaborate with their colleagues, all of which have implications for a company's bottom line. In fact, I think it was Jim Clifton. I think he was the CEO of Gallup, and he once said, look, I'm a businessman. If the data showed that yelling at my employees were more effective, I would do that instead. But the best research suggests that when people are in a better mood, they're going to work harder. They're going to make me earn more money. So for that reason alone, I want my employees to be happier. And now we do have businesses that I think are, are interested in building worker morale by, you know, by ensuring some work-life balance, by giving people appropriate time for vacation, by getting them to focus on good things, by you know, uh, allowing them to work on projects that are personally meaningful for them and that align with their values by getting wellness programs that get them to incorporate physical activity into their days. Just those small little things um, that, that the accumulation of which over time really builds that morale. And sure enough, people stay at those businesses longer. They, they work harder, and it does seem to help the business in the end. I think it would help out sports teams, too, thinking about it, you know, get some positive psychology, because I'm a huge Blues fan, and it's like, oh, uh, I, thought, I thought our heads were messed up. I'm like, ah, these guys are good. we got to get our heads yeah. straight, boys. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, well, I know that the, the, the last couple of weeks, we had that with that winning streak. I'm a Blues fan, too, and I know we all got excited about, yeah. you know, them, them breaking that record. But then last couple of weeks, it's kind of been hit, hit or miss. I know. Um, I know so, Bennington you know, had to come back down to earth. I knew that. I'm an averages guy. I'm a law yeah, of averages guy. It, kind it of a scientist, to too. I dabble. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Hey, you, you got data there. <laughs> you know, another important part of psychological health, though, is knowing how to rebound from adversity. You know, this idea that it's going to be possible for us to craft a life where we're happy all the time. Nobody's happy all the time. The, the people who are the happiest are not those who are happy all the time. The people who are happiest understand realistically that life comes with adversity. Life is unfair. Life has challenges. And so instead of being completely defeated by those or wallowing in their despair, you know, oh, woe is me, they say, yeah, life is hard right now, but they have this repertoire of strategies to restore their mood and get back up on their feet a little bit more quickly. It's not that there are superhuman people walking around who, who don't feel bad when bad things happen, but they're, they're able to do something. They call a friend or they, they focus their attention on good things to sort of minimize the impact of that negativity not get rid of it altogether but they do something that allows them to persevere and to cope productively so that they can get back on with their life um, a little bit more effectively even if that means that your blues team you know has has lost a bunch of games you know hopefully you can look forward to the cardinal season starting up soon and Paulie get excited Goldsmith. about that Polly Goldschmidt, yeah. baby Oh, That's right. Can't, yeah, can't help yeah. get excited. I always uh, I like to pride myself or, or remind myself that if I'm ever in a moment of anger or sadness, I'm a big league closer. And if I'm going to be oh, a good big league memory. closer, a good I got to have a short term memory. Yeah. So for me, a good <laughs> night's sleep, and then typically I'm like, all right, well, nothing I can do but to dwell on that anymore. Let's uh, let's go ahead and move move forward. And the I just bury it down into my gut. Tim is basically That's what right. I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Your pain yeah. is what Tim's basically trying to tell Pretty us. <laughs> well, and sleep in particular is it, the importance of that cannot be overstated. Just you know, when you, when you look at the neurochemicals that are released there, that are important for emotion regulation and mental acuity. I mean, there's a huge body of research just on the, the importance of sleep, kind of hitting the reset button on a bad day, kind of like when your device stops working. Sometimes you just you, 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 tur- you unplug, turn it off, and you hit the reset button, and it's working again. 
Same thing with us. When we're having a bad day, often a good night's sleep is the best thing we can do to hit that reset button, give the brain the time it needs to kind of release those neurochemicals that are the the brain's natural feel-good chemicals. And when we wake up, it's like hitting the reset button and you feel better. That's great because I uh, woke up in a bad mood this morning. My wife goes, you go back to sleep until you are in a good mood, sir. And I was like, fine, I'll go take a nap. <laughs> so I'm really Naps living. Naps are great. I'm living I'm, the dream, baby. I'm very pro-nap, absolutely. All right. We play a little game called Things I Love. Uh, okay. And we always just, uh, you know, we, we try to find the little things. Try to find who's mm-hmm. got the best little thing uh, that, that they love. I love the smell of petrichor, right? I love the smell mm-hmm. of rain when it's hit the earth after, a long, after it's been dry for a long time. Mm-hmm. What's a, what's, give, me, give me something that you love. You, play, you practice gratitude all the time. It should come to you pretty naturally. Yeah, well, one thing that I love, especially on a day like today, is, is the sunshine and the fact that we've hit that daylight savings mark where we get to enjoy it a little mm-hmm. bit more. Most people I've seen have been in a really good mood today. I think that's owing to the fact that they're, that we've had sunshine and warmer temperatures after the long winter we had, and um, the sun's still out right now, and it's beautiful. So I'm, I'm grateful for the sunshine right now. Let the sunshine. That's right. And for music about sunshine, sunshine even better. In. All right, Craig, you're up. Uh, oh, you already did yours. Yeah, I'll yeah, get all kinds of them. I'll do Go mine. Ahead. I'll do mine then. Uh, mine is what was it? I just had it. And you lost it. Gone. But uh, I like sunshine as well. Damn, I, I, I like it. it. I like it whenever I you lost go to. It for a I like. I, I like a really smooth writing pen. I love a, a mm. really smooth writing pen across like a nice. Oh, I know. Thick paper. I know. Cardstock. I like uh, when you drop something that's breakable. But like you almost settle it with your foot if you ever do oh, that, or you catch it, like, like a hex. Oh yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Stop it. That is one of my Stall, choice, baby. Yeah, uh, and yeah. no one's around to see it. You're like, I just saved a, uh, a wine glass. Did you see that? <laughs> Seth, right. do you love That's anything? No. I love a lot of things. Um, but, no, I was going to add actually a question uh, oh, pertaining God. to, like, one of the things I love. You guys know me. Yeah, I'm a dark uh, uh, Tim Burton kind of There's a new uh, Cure album coming out, though. So there is a new can, Cure you album. You get happy about and being I, dark. I wanted to ask the doctor, like, is there any research around people like me? Like, I love – like, the things that lift me up are things that bring other people down. I love – Pictures of cemeteries, dead trees, fog, cloudy skies. I love storms. I listen to The Cure all the time. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. why, why is it that like the stereotypical? Oh, that's so dark and depressing. Depressing is like kind of what lifts me up and makes me comfortable. I can appreciate it. Well, you know, there's any number of explanations, but one is that you're just weird. No, I'm just kidding. Ah, that's no, no, that's joke. it. That's I, it. I, Thank I, you, Tim. We'll, we'll, set, we'll check you out next week. No, was the no, word no, I was. I, I, I have a, a close friend who loves gray days. He hates the sunshine. He hates people being so perky all the time. I love it. And so it, it could be that there's some sense of, of just realism that you have. You know, for And this is not to say that, that you're depressed, but one of the things we know about people who are depressed is that, quite frankly, they tend to be more realistic. Um, and that it, there's a term for it, depressive realism. Um, that you, you, you don't sort of go around with, with a, a positivity bias, but you just sort of see things as they are. And so perhaps, you know, that's th- those more macabre scenes or the gray skies sort of bring you in line with reality with no risk that you're going to have the Pollyannas trying to overinflate how wonderful things are. And maybe you're just, what it's telling you is, or what it's telling us is that you're not um, a, a pessimist or an optimist. You're just a realist. And I this is it. just, this <laughs> is just how things are. And that's, that makes you feel good. And that's, Great. You don't know Seth. He's a jerk. That is. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you when I finally get the uh, the cojones to go up on stage and do stand up and I become uh, famous doing it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to name my first comedy album "Depressive Realism." There you go. Hey, do it. Do it. You'll you'll get the attention of a lot of psychologists. We'll know exactly what you're talking about. Nice, Tim. Plug your uh, book one more time. Is that something that we can go to Amazon or something and find? Absolutely. Yeah, it's for sale on at Amazon. It's called "When Likes Aren't Enough: A Crash Course in the Science of Happiness." It's available at Barnes & Noble and Left Bank Books in the Central West End also, but Amazon, Sweet. quick and easy way to get it right now. Tim, you're a true books. delight. You're a true delight to talk to. I think, you know, we tra- we started a web page around our, a fan page around our show, and it's a little tribe community where we can get that social interaction and, and help people out. We sent up a couple people to California to get some medical treatment. And so mm. we're, we're trying to live the change you're talking about. So it's really awesome to hear someone awesome. with an academic background say it instead of Craig and I. For real. Because we're, <laughs> we're radio morons. <laughs> uh, well, hey, you're, you're, you're reaching a lot of people. So thanks for inviting me to uh, be a part of it tonight. Don't lie to us. Thanks for for calling in, Tim. We appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. Talk, talk to you later. All Bye-bye. Right. I like him a lot.
He's great, man. Like Super solid energy. He's all smiles. Go get a drink. Super you heard him. Guy. I would. I would love to. Not you. I would love. Me. I would love to go have a cocktail with Me. him, guys. I want to remind you that um, if you're not getting your insurance from James Carlton State Farm, what's wrong with people? I don't understand what I got. I called him like, today. Not all of us are expected to operate on the same cognitive level. I get that, but if you're not calling James Carlton State Farm, just I'm not asking you to switch everything over. I'm asking you to talk to the guy and tell me that switching over might not make a whole lot of sense for you, Craig. Riff time. Uh, you pretend to be me calling James Carlton today, and I'll pretend to be Danny at James Carlton. Ring. Hey, this is Danny with James Carlton. How can I help you? Well, hey, Danny, I'm a huge radio host. I'm a big deal on Friday nights. My name's Steve Elgin, and uh, I was just wondering if I could. Uh, I'm hoping to make a payment on my on my on my insurance. Okay. Oh, everything. That sounds real good, Steve. And and I'll treat you like a king, because you are a king. And here is your here's the deal. Um, you, your payment's paid. Uh, how's the radio show going? And what would your question be if you were me? It would be, has anyone called? Has anyone called James Carlton State Farm to, to get a quote from you if they're Hoosier Sophisticate? Oh, no, no one has, actually. At least I don't know of them calling. A few from TMA, but none from you. Oh. Okay, well, thanks for taking my payment. And seen. And seen. 314-961-4800. Call Carlton Insurance and get yourself some insurance. Just get a quote. Get a quote. Get a quote. He's awesome, guys. He's such a sweetheart. He's going to take care of you like he takes care of his own family. That's how he took care of me and Steve. That's why we started wish he was our I dad. I wish Carlton was Carlton State Farm. 314-961-4800. This is Hoosier Sophisticate on WGNU920AM.com. On the other side of the break, we've got Heather and Nathan. They're going to talk to us about some water.